to Just Thinking with hosts Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week-to-week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. Hey, you're back, and I'm back. We're back, brother. What do you think about that? We're back. We back, player. What up, dude? <laughs> it's, it's another episode of the Just Thinking Podcast, man. I'm, brother, I'm glad to be back. Now we, we feel like we, we, we didn't really take a week off. I don't know if I should. I don't know if I should put you on blast. I'm gonna leave it alone, man. I'm gonna let you. I'm no, gonna no, let you no, tip. no. You know, you know what I'm gonna do, bro? I'm gonna put myself on blast. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put myself on blast. Okay, Let me go, go ahead and apologize ahead, to all ahead. the listeners because I know we made a commitment to get you guys a new episode every Friday. Yeah. And listen, let me go ahead and put verse to the side because this wasn't on verse. This was all on me. I've told you guys for a couple weeks, I'm kind of new at this podcasting thing. And last week it showed. So let me just go ahead and tell you, is this tell the truth Monday? Verse? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Monday. Tell the truth Monday, man. Tell the tell truth. Shame the right, devil. Let me tell the truth. So we, <laughs> we right. That sounds familiar. <laughs> So Go ahead, man. Verge and I, like we do every Monday evening at eight o'clock Eastern, me and Verge, we dial in, we do our thing, we cut the episode, we give it over to Dwayne, let him EQ it, do his magic, and that's what happened last Monday. Verge and I spent what Verge 45, 50 minutes recording yeah, the episode. Yeah, about 40, 48 minutes somewhere in there. Man, and it wasn't until after we hung up that I realized my mic wasn't turned on. But here was the crazy part. Mike, I yeah, I could I could hear you crystal clear. I mean, I, that's yeah. the, I'm like like we're talking right now. I could hear you crystal yeah. clear. So here's the thing, though. I'm thinking, okay, so it probably defaulted right to the microphone on the laptop. Ah, uh, I gotcha. Good to know that I probably got a, qu- a good quality mic on the laptop as well. But when D tried to EQ it, obviously he noticed there was a difference in the sound quality. Gotcha. So, gotcha. When when Dwayne and I got together, man, later in the week, I just texted him. I think we were either texting or messaging each other uh, on Facebook. And I told him, I said, man, listen, we made a commitment to the listeners that if we can't give them a high quality product every week, we don't right. give them anything. Right. So right. Dwayne was like, hey, man, it's your show. So I made yep. the call, man. I made the call. Made, made that executive decision, man. Made that executive decision, man. And I said, no, we're not going to go with it uh, right. because the quality wasn't what we are used to giving yep. to our listeners. Uh, yep. So I apologize to the listeners, uh, not making excuses, but I am kind of new to this podcast thing. But tonight, man, hey, the blue light on yeah. my mic was on all. I was to make my sure mic the mic on. was on, bro. My <laughs> mic is on. Tonight, I'm just letting everybody know the mic is well, on. Good deal. Good deal, you hit man. record, we, so we good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're ready to go, ready to do this thing live. As you say, man, I'm... I'm I'm always it's always a blessing, man. I'm your wingman. You you you're uh you, I'm riding shotgun, man. You're doing taking us down the down the road, man. Letting us know what's up. So, man, I, it's always always good, brother, to connect with you and to and to look at the latest issues and the culture and uh, and then push those through through that biblical worldview lens, man. So, like I said, it's always always good to good to chop it up with you man how, yes, how, how was how was the tur- how was how was the turkey day man you we, we had yeah, thanksgiving yeah, come, come yeah, so, yeah so thanks thanksgiving was hype man you know thanksgiving was chill you know we did uh the usual thing man i had the turkey and the dressing and the rice and gravy man and you know all that kind of stuff i only had a couple of plates man 
you know, because really? I got to do my thing, man. My thing is I rock a couple of plates on Thanksgiving. I rock a couple of plates on Christmas, you know, maybe a plate New Year's Eve. Wow. I don't overdo it, man, because I got my routine. I like to hit my treadmill, man. I try to hit my treadmill a couple you, times you, a day. You, you do that, so you hit it a couple times a day. So what's what's your regimen? I, I mean, we, we're not gonna go into this too deep, man. But I'm just curious. I I, I remember uh, Dwayne saying something like, "Man, you can you can hit the brother up early, like he's he's on the treadmill, like at four, yeah, or three I, or four. Yeah, or man. Like I'm that. like, listen, bro. Here's how I'm wired, man. Okay, I'm a morning person by nature. Okay, I don't need mm-hmm. caffeine or nothing like that. I can get up any time in the morning. I'm ready to go. When my feet hit the floor, I'm ready to go. So my regimen is this, man. I'm usually up 3.34. I hit the treadmill for about an hour and a half. Uh, by that time I'm done, do my thing. I get ready to go to work, come home in the evenings. If I'm up to it, I try to hit the treadmill again. So I try to get between 12, 13 miles in a day. So nice. that's kind of my routine, but... I'm early to bed, man. I'm a morning person. Dwayne, no, man. Don't hit me up after 8 o'clock. Because <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> hey, man, we recording well, this past sense. my bedtime, man. Yeah, we recording this past my bedtime. Yeah, it's definitely past my bedtime. Here's the crazy part, man. I, I'm, you and I are very sure uh, in that I'm, I'm an early morning person. Here's the crazy part, man. I'm, I'm a former military guy, and after... Yep, after the military, man, I get by on about four and a half to five hours of sleep. Yep, yep. So I can, I can, I usually get up about four thirty, five o'clock. The difference between you and I is, my butt don't get on no treadmill at that early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 truth be told, I need to, but, uh, but no, man, I'm inspired, man. I'm definitely inspired. I've got to. I'm, I'm looking, man. I, I, unlike you, man, with with Thanksgiving, I, I I probably had played four four and some change, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Play, I, I play four I, dot, play hey, four dot two, <laughs> right, right. You know when you get into the dot, you don't you don't wait in over. That's there, right, man. It's, it's dot. <laughs> you, it's like a new software release, man. Yeah, this right. is four dot six. Right, right. So yeah, man, I, uh, I I I did it up, but man, we had a great time here uh, with, with the family and just kind of connecting. We stopped and saw a few friends and just man had a really really good time. And then on Sunday, man, came and had listened to a, 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 a guest speaker at our church who did a fantastic job, uh, kind of just wrapping a bow around you know what we as believers uh, need to be thankful for, man. So just just really kind of kind of kind of you know hit the hit the ball out of the park with that man so it's really a good time really a good time overall man and i knew you know we we had kind of had some back and forth about the football football stuff and uh and then uh ready you know ready to chop it up here uh, again to connect with you as well so it's all good yeah you know man on that whole thanksgiving theme man let's try to do what we can here on the just thinking podcast man to try to keep that thanksgiving um Let's, let's use this podcast, man, to not let that Thanksgiving theme be set aside until next November, okay? Amen. So because I mean, we know this, man, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, that every breath, literally, mm. we should give thanks for. We should give thanks Absolutely. for every blink of the eye, every beat mm-hmm. of the heart, uh, mm-hmm. every, uh, you know, every conscious moment that you have. Right, right. We should give thanks to the Lord for that. Uh, mm. so let's use the podcast, man, to do that. 
going forward, man. How about that? We got that commitment. Man. Absolutely. So that. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, bro, I'm, I'm, your, I'm your way with you, bro. It's all good. That sounds really good. Well, man, let me just remind our listeners real quick, because folks may be listening for the first time that this podcast is a brand new venture, man. We're kind of doing this in partnership with our brother, Dwayne Atkinson and his, uh, endeavor man i I might want to call it an enterprise man he's getting so big with the uh (laughs) the bar uh it's the bar network now man it's not not just a bar podcast it's a bar network Mm. so we're doing this under the umbrella of Dwayne's bar uh podcast network and this particular podcast is an extension of my blog Mm -hmm. which you can find at justthinking.me that's just thinking it's one word dot m-e and so this is kind of an extension of that. And uh, as the Virgil alluded to earlier, we kind of get together and kind of chop up uh, the latest uh, theological, political, cultural uh, topics that's on the uh, on the radar. And that's in accordance with the uh, the tagline for my blog is, is applying biblical truth to social, political and theological issues in our world. So we just kind of mirror that here on the podcast. So that's what we get together and do every week. Absolutely, man. I, I, I'm going to just shout out, man. If, if you're not connected, uh, to, to my man, Daryl's blog, man, you definitely, definitely need to check it out. There's just some, some rich content, man, there. And, uh, man, I, I, I love, uh, I love the way you think. I enjoy talking with you back and forth, my man, but I, I will tell you hands down the, the way that you write, man, it's, it's just next level. Folks are listening to this and they're really enjoying uh, you know some some of the content that we and and again as as you said in the past, man, we 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 don't have show notes. We don't, you know, this is yep. this is not something that's scripted. And here's your script, here's my script, here's what we'll say. You know, we've got a basic idea based upon subject matter, kind of where we're going to go. Yep. But uh, but man, the the way the way you thoughtfully. Uh, put things down, man, with, with pen and pad is, is just really, uh, in my estimation, brilliant, man. I love love sharing your stuff. I love uh, reading your stuff. Uh, and I others, man, to to definitely pick it up, take a look, and then, and then share it around and let other people know and get exposed to what you're doing. Well, I appreciate that, Verge, man. appreciate that, Wing, man. And uh, just to let everybody know, I, I uh, published uh, my latest blog article. is entitled, A Christianity So Cool is to Die For. Christianity is so cool is to die for a little play on words there. You have to go out there and read the blog. So you can kind of understand the context of where that title comes from. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I invite you to go out to the blog, check it out. It's called a Christianity. So cool is to die for. Do All do right? the, do this, do this, Daryl. And I, I know we, we talked about it last time, man, and, and, and no one got a chance to hear that. Get some of that up for us, man. And, and j- you know, maybe, maybe in just two or three minutes, just sum up what you did there. I th- I think it was very powerful. Yeah, so, I want folks to understand yeah, it when they go read it. Yeah, sure thing, bro. So, uh, so I came across this article on vice.com. Uh, the article was titled meet the woke young people trying to make Christianity cool again. Uh, the subtitle is the Christian leaders of tomorrow are surprisingly progressive on issues like LGBTQ rights, the environment and racial inequality. So the headline caught my attention and I went ahead and read through the article and I was a little bit, uh, shall we say my, my uh, righteous indignation was uh, sort of tweaked in reading the mm-hmm. article uh, and that it was premised that uh, Christianity uh, lacked coolness. I guess it lacked relevance with respect to right. the uh, social agenda that's being uh, proffered uh, in our society today. And the article featured these four young, what they call woke. The article referred to as four young woke <laughs> Christians, each of whom had sort of a, 
a, a segment of a social justice agenda that they specialized in uh, death yep. penalty, uh, reformation, environmentalism, climate, climate change, LGBTQ rights. And uh, what was the fourth one? Uh, I forget what the fourth one was. Uh, let's see. They, they, yeah, they racial try, inequality. To, racial yeah, inequality yeah, was yeah. the fourth one. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so the article that I wrote, a Christianity so cool is to die for, was uh, was somewhat in, in one way was a response to this Vice.com article, but it was a response in, that, that was an effort to uh, reorient folks to really what Christianity. Uh, is in, in its most fundamental uh, respects. Uh, and I make the point in the article that Christianity has never been cool. Never. Right. And it never will be. Uh, so uh, if you're listening now, if you haven't read the piece, I invite you to go out to the article and you can see my response to the vice.com article uh, that was entitled um, "Make uh, Meet the Woke Young People Trying to Make Christianity Cool Again. Uh, Christianity's mm. never been cool and it never will be. Right. Right. And I, you know, I, th- I, a lot of what you wrote there, a lot of what we talked about with regard to uh, m- millennials and their, their effort to, uh, to use the, the platform uh, to kind of, to kind of add a gospel plus, you know, it's not, the gospel is not in, in their mind sufficient to handle the ills that, that are in our society. So they've got the gospel plus their platform or their issue or their victimhood status that needs to be elevated or amplified in some way uh, so, so that we can experience this, this utopia that, right. uh, that, that, they've, that they've dreamt up, you know. And so, uh, you know, it, it kind of speaks into some of the stuff that we're going to tee up tonight, man, with, with regard to the, the article that, that you sent me about why millennials – are, are leaving uh, the black church, man. What, what, what caught your eye about this one, bro? Yeah, man. So this article, uh, it's like, you know, to be honest with you first, I don't find these articles, man. These articles find me. <laughs> they, they just kind of find me. <laughs> and uh, so this is an article that someone sent me. The article is dated November 12, 2017. It's on the website, Atlanta black star. So all one word, if you want to go out, to atlantablackstar.com. Check it out. As Virgil uh, mentioned a second ago, the article is entitled, Why Are Millennials Leaving the Black Church? The article was written by a gentleman named Ryan Douglas. So Ryan Douglas has a byline. I do not know Ryan Douglas, uh, but again, someone sent me this. And uh, I I get emails all the time, you know, saying, hey, Daryl, why don't you and Virgil talk about this or talk about that? So, But Mm -hmm. but this one definitely uh, tweaked my interest, not because it's unique, but but because it's it's just the latest man in a string of articles like this mm-hmm. that basically are, is calling out Christianity uh, for not being relevant enough to where it is not meeting the socio political needs and desires of certain segments of society. In this case, mm-hmm. uh, black millennials. So the article basically uses the premise of various um, uh, polling data and whatnot that mm-hmm. supposedly show mm-hmm. black millennials leaving the church because the church isn't served. The church is not meeting, uh, you know, that, that sort of uh, what in their gut is a, uh, is a rather socio-political centric visage that they have of the church. Mm-hmm. So we thought we'd mm-hmm. tee this up for a few minutes tonight. Absolutely. One of, one of the, one of the pieces, man, that what section of the, 
uh, of the article that kind of caught me. I'll just kind of read uh, read this section to you, and 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 I, I kind of want to get your thought process, man. I'll I'll tee this up in this way because um, the, the millennial generation that that you know that we kind of uh, that has been you know stereotypically dealt with these folks that don't really care. Uh, you know, living at home with mom, staying connected to their, you know, their, uh, you know, their, their, their video games, um, not really engaged, uh, kind of a latte generation that you have who have yeah. always been given, uh, you know, privilege uh, mm-hmm. of some kind. These are the kids that grew up where everybody gets a trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they've been kind of stereotyped and, and, and kind of, you know, put into this mix and, and that happens with every generation. Um, right. you know, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit older, uh, than, than, than the millennials. I come from generation X. And so, you know, there's a, there's a stereotype for us and what we, yeah. you know, are about and, and that kind of thing. But the, when you, when you begin to categorize this millennial by race, I, I have a difficult time kind of pinpointing that group. Is, is that just me? I mean, I, I, I don't know who these people really are uh, unless they fit the social justice warrior model. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Am I, am I missing yeah. the mark here? Yeah. You know what? And I think I follow you a hundred percent, man. I think uh, what's interesting is, is I haven't seen uh, uh, any, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, organized effort out of that particular demographic to, call for uh, not grouping them all into one monolithic mindset. Right. So right. it's like this article with uh, what, that we're talking about tonight on AtlantaBlackStar.com. It's as if this person speaks for all black millennials that they, that, but, but then again, you know, when you talk about uh, black socio political theological thought, we all think the same way yeah. anyway. So, right. you know, that, that, that's the, that's the reputation right. we have being black period, uh, let alone black millennials. But like you, man, right. I kind of went through the article, right. And I kind of segmented some things out, uh, that, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Ryan Douglas mentioned in the piece. And I thought we'd kind of chop these up a little bit. Yeah. We may not be able to get through the entire, entire article, man, but let's, I, I want to throw this out there at you, man, because sure, I have sure, some notes sure. here and I kind of highlighted some things. Sure. One of the things that uh, Mr. Douglas says in the second paragraph of the article. Yep, yep. That's where I was going. Is, uh, black people are, uh, are less likely to religiously affiliate or emphasize a role for the church and act- activism. So th- there's mm-hmm. a sense, according to Mr. Douglas, that the, uh, that this black millennial population uh, they're not uh, as as tuned in to be involved with the church because uh, they don't see the church today being as active socially mm-hmm. as its predecessor was. Maybe their parents uh, mm-hmm. and grandparents. Uh, but you know, and I don't mean to sound sarcastic when I say this, but to say uh, for Mister Douglas to say that the front lines of modern racial justice movements find black people less likely to religiously affiliate or emphasize a role for the church and activism. I'm like, well, hallelujah, because the purpose <laughs> of the church is not activism to begin with. Right. The purpose of the church is not activism that local churches in black communities have historically been leveraged. And I don't deny that they have historically been leveraged to advance social causes through various yep. activist approaches. Yep. But that's not to say that that makes the ch- that role that that makes the church fit into that role. The, the, so the question we must ask ourselves here, Virgil, is 
what is the purpose of the church? Right. What is the church and what is the purpose of the church? I ask that question because there's any number, there's any number of religions for for lack of a better word. I use the word religions for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. There's any number of religions that advocate for the same goals and objectives as the author of this article seems to be lamenting that the church uh, no longer holds the black church. There's all kind of religious worldviews, faith-based worldviews, if you will, ecumenical worldviews that advocate for these exact same social goals and objectives that Mr. Douglas is putting forth uh, as, uh, as central to the black church. But the question I have to ask is, why is it up to Christianity to achieve those goals? Right. Why are you relying on Christianity to do this? Right. Why not go ahead and associate yourself with another worldview? And there are others out there mm-hmm. that are pushing this exact same agenda. Why is the obligation on Christianity to do this? Right. And, 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 and I, I, I Daryl, I know I'm, I'm sure as, even as I, as I, as I frame this up, I think you'd agree. I think, I think for the most part, the, 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 this individual, of course, I'm sure, I don't, I don't know, uh, the, you know, the, the author of the, of the article, Ryan Douglas, I don't know if he's a believer or not. Um, I, I, I don't know if he has a, if he has a, a, Christian concept uh, of ecclesiology. What 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 is indeed the role for the church to play? I I wouldn't have a problem if if he charged and said uh, believers, you know, those who claim to follow Christ. Uh, there's this issue is 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 you know is, is an issue that we've got to resolve, and and then began to look for believers who are engaged in those, in, you know, in those situations. But to but to believe that it is the role. Of, of the local church corporate uh, to to initiate some level of activism uh, in the black community, I, I think is is I, I, one. It's it's telling. Uh, it, it tells me to the point that you made earlier that uh, that we've got to acknowledge historically we've probably played played a role uh, in in especially in the black community. The, the 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 black preacher that was in the church was was not only the the, the the preacher for the church he was also you know the the, the leader that was leading out you know and right. doing mm-hmm. doing different things and in, in, in ways that that may that may not have that may not have had uh, its arms wrapped around the the, the, the gospel centered focus uh, of the church right and so that has informed a generation now as to what should be happening when it's not happening they're they're lost they're wondering you know well why isn't that the case I think that's more what's going on now than 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 you know than in previous generations yeah i agree with you first there and you know what concerns me about uh this article and articles other articles like this one is that you know a a, there is a a sense in which christianity is being made to and the christ of christianity even worse that the christ of christianity is being made into a social savior um you know i I wrote a uh, an article on my blog a few weeks ago and I titled it Seeking a Social Savior. And that kind of is what this article reminds me of. It's, it's, it's now we, we, have a, we have a Jesus now still. Okay, so we haven't gone as far as changing his name. Mm-hmm. So we still call him Jesus, see, but he's not the Jesus who died on the cross anymore. You mm-hmm. see, he died carrying a protest sign, <laughs> or he died taking a knee, or mm-hmm. he died holding a fist up in the air. Mm-hmm. You see? That's the Jesus who died today. This is right. not the biblical Jesus who 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 came into this world, 
all right, came into this world, took on flesh to die a satisfactory atoning death on the cross mm. for sinners like you, like me, and like those listening. See, that's, that's not the Jesus of the church anymore. No, no. You see, we've got everybody's sort of the savior except for Jesus Christ, the son of God. That's right. when I say Jesus Christ, I'm talking about the son of God who came into the world in the flesh, died on the cross to satisfy God's wrath, his anger against sinners like me. I'm not talking mm -hmm. about Colin Kaepernick. I'm not talking about black lives matter. I'm not talking about any sort of temporal entity or individual through whom it appears a lot of, black millennials today are seeking a new kind of salvation. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, so we don't need to be saved from our sins because Jesus took care of all that, but mm -hmm. we need to save ourselves in a, in a societal temporal way. So, right, so there's right. a new salvation that we're looking for while at the same time claiming the salvation that Jesus made available to us on the cross. There, what, there, what would you say though? Again, I'm, as I as I kind of walk through the article, one of the things that he said that I thought was was of interest, but but I, but I love to hear your your take on it. He says this. He says, and I quote: "Today's church feels most mostly like an apolitical refuge, a haven of worship where hope for a better future speaks over active solutions to political strife." End quote. Um, I, I hear in that everything that you just remarked on, everything that you just said, what he's looking for is a Jesus that's going to take the knee, that's going to do all of the things that, that we believe should be done in, in a social context uh, to see things turn around. But, but what, what would you say to the person who's saying, you know, like, like this, this young man who's saying, you know what, I'm, I'm at the church, I'm, I'm, I'm in a non-denominational church. Uh, I'm 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 dealing with what I see in the culture, um, and 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 I don't see a connection. I, I see a, a disconnect uh, between what's happening in the culture, what I, I would love to see moving politically speaking, and this church experience that I have that seems to be where it, it, kind of an emotional, uh, experiential kind of kind of resting place rather than something that really speaks to uh, life's conditions as I see it. Well, you know, I would say to that person, listen, you know, I'm, I, I, you know, not to say I'm sorry in that sense, but I will say, you know, welcome to the real world of the church. Mm. The, the, the message of the church is to speak over and above those issues because the church exists primarily to offer a message of salvation from sins mm. so that you don't go to hell. <laughs> I mean, right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not laughing because that's funny, but I, I'm, I'm laughing because it's simple. It, it's that's, that's, that's the purpose and role of the church. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I even, I even see it this, I even see it this way, Daryl. And, and I think it, it, when you're talking about the black church, I think there's a lot that can be said for the fact that perhaps what's missing is, is right teaching. You know, perhaps what's missing oh gosh, man, yes. is, you know, what I'm saying what perhaps what's missing is, is an is a robust orthodoxy that lends itself 
to orthopraxy in such a way where you begin to see differences in family. Now I've gone to church and I understand uh, the role of a husband and a wife. I've, 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 I've had a pastor explain to me the book of Ephesians. And, and, I've, and I've walked through an understanding of God's love for me that was predestined before the foundation of the world, that, 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 that he had brought me unto himself, that I'm saved by faith through grace in Christ uh, alone, that, that there's, there's all, this, all this that he's done for me as a result of that. I now live differently. My life should be, be lived differently, and that should impact me at home, at right. work. It should impact me with my wife, with my children. And we, as a result, should see our lives changing uh, on a day-to-day basis as a result. You know what I'm saying? I, I, think that, I think there's a missing element to what's being experienced that should speak to the issues of the day that perhaps is is missing. And so they're looking for something else, this, this, this political arm that yeah. should be doing more for yeah. society. What are, you, yeah. what are your thoughts there? Yeah, and I think what's happening there, man, I think you're, you're absolutely right with respect to the teaching uh, point that you made and the lack thereof. So you cannot separate, in Christianity anyway, you cannot separate the ills of society from the innate ills of humanity. That's Meaning good, bro. that we're innately sinners. So that means we're sinners by nature. So, mm. and that's always been sort of a, uh, a, a dumbfounding uh, point to me with respect to Christian social justice advocates who seem to believe that you can change systems, meaning change laws, uh, change hierarchies, change the rules and regulations, change the game, that you can change systems and yet have that produce systemic results and i mean righteous results mm. that that's not going to happen so you cannot separate your uh socio-political ideology from your theology you cannot the reason you have a social agenda is because we're sinners and you can't address one without the other and that's what the church exists to do christianity is the only worldview that has the answer to the ills of society and Mm -hmm. the ills of society, Virgil is me (laughs) and you (laughs) and everybody out there listening to this. We're the problem. Right. Okay. So, and and it's a, it's a frustrating point for me, man, to be honest with you, to see uh, people like uh, the, the writer of this article here position the church as, uh, as, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 you know, ground zero uh, for protest. Right. No, no. Listen, if, if that wasn't Jesus's MO, why should it be our MO today? Right. You right. see what, what and I, like, I like to take people back again, verse, this kind of goes back to my original question, man. If, if, if millennials are leaving the church, why are you, why were you with the church to begin with? Right. Why 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 aren't you leaving a mosque? Right. Or a synagogue. You know, or some other sort of worship or a, a kingdom hall uh or a temple, you know, if you're a, if you're a Mormon. Why why are you what brought you to the church? What is mm-hmm. it that brought you to Jesus to begin with? To where you're now leaving the church for 
temporal reasons? Um, you know, that's a fundamental question I think we have to ask. And I'd Absolutely. be interested to hear what some of these millennials would have to say uh, to that question. Why are you a Christian to begin with? Right. That's what we have to I, start, I, man. We do. We do. And I, I think it, a lot of what uh, what this, you know, with Ryan Douglas referenced in, in, in this particular article, he talked about using the Bible. You know, we, we've we've embraced the Bible as a as a book for foundation uh, and not really leveraged it in the in the proper way from a standpoint of establishing rules and changing and changing society. This sounds to me bro like a lot of kind of james cone kind of oh, black yeah, liberation yeah. theology yeah. and you yeah. know that that kind of stuff from from, yeah. from that time frame where you know yep. where, where we open the pages of the bible and, and then through it uh we see everything in relation to a our, our race uh injustice and how we're going we as a black race are going to be vindicated uh through through the use and leverage of of allegorized stories uh that speak to our soul and empower us to go out and change uh our our, our culture and so that, that again you know cone cone was you know was was black liberation theology yeah. 1970 yeah. you know 19 19 uh, early 70s late 60s early 70s and you know, he 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 informed a you know a, you know the, the the rights of the reverend rights of the world and yeah. uh, and Barack Obama's of the world yeah. and, and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, but man, his, that, that whole, that whole thought process, man, is still infecting uh, the, the culture. And, and, and even to the point where millennials still uh, embrace those, those ideas, man, what, 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 what are your thoughts about that? I, I, I'm thinking that's, that's where the, of a lot of this is coming from. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Except in this case, James Cone, Colin Kaepernick is the James Cone of this generation. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Listen, James Cone is 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 got his, you know, not literally, but his his worldview is all over this. Mm-hmm. So this new source mm-hmm. that we find ourselves in, he's all over this, you know. So, uh, you know, going back to the article for a second, uh, there's a statement in the article that reads: Millennials want church leaders who use faith to imagine real solutions to social issues mm-hmm. affecting black people. That's Cone. Right. Now Cone didn't say that, but it's as oh. if Cone could have said yeah. something yeah. like that. That's his worldview. That's black liberation theology. That's, yep. that's it, man. That's, that's BLT. And I don't mean the sandwich. <laughs> I don't mean the sandwich. <laughs> So the article goes further, man. James Baldwin. He quotes James Baldwin from his book, the uh, from his poem, the, the Fire Next Time, where he quotes mm-hmm. Baldwin. Uh, Baldwin says, "If the concept of God has any validity or any use, it can only be to make us larger, freer, and more loving. But mm-hmm. if God cannot do this, then it is time we got rid of Him." You see, wow. this is this is that militant, activist, uh, cone-ish. Christianity that is infiltrating mm-hmm. a new generation, in this yeah. case, black millennials, and drawing them away from what is the core message of the gospel. And what draws them away, you see, is, a, is the same thing that, that uh, drew a lot of people away from Jesus, who mm-hmm. initially followed him, right? Oh, this is good. This is good. They initially followed him. Yeah, but you know, when he was feeding them with the loaves and fishes and when he was healing mm-hmm. and doing the mm-hmm. miracles. He had people fought. Now listen, he had more disciples than just the 12. Right. You read the gospels, right? So he had, he probably had thousands of disciples would follow him everywhere he went. Mm. But why did they follow him? 
That's the question. They mm-hmm. followed him because they could get what they wanted from him. Right. You see, when, when, when Jesus went somewhere and all he did was preach the gospel, which he did everywhere he went, mm-hmm. you read the gospels, Virgin, you know this already. Whenever Jesus did something, it was always in follow-up to something he'd already taught. Right. Jesus was a preacher first. Right. Okay. He was a preacher first. And that has not changed today in 2017. The church exists to preach the gospel first right. and foremost. Okay. Uh, and I make the point in the article that I just wrote uh, that when the Bible talks of justice, there's either justice or there's injustice. Justice, yeah. The Bible does not put an adjective to qualify what type of justice we're talking about. The Bible is either injustice or it's justice. Just a couple quick examples of that from a scriptural standpoint. All right. Justice. This is what justice looks like to God. Mm. Deuteronomy 16, 19. You shall not distort justice. You shall not be partial and you shall not take a bribe for a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and perverts the words of the righteous. That's what Mm. justice looks like to God. Now, here's Mm -hmm. what injustice looks like to God. You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor defer to the great, but you are to judge your neighbor fairly. That's Leviticus 19.15. And scripturally speaking, I read those two texts to, to drive home this point. Biblically speaking, there is no such thing as social justice, environmental Mm. justice, gender justice, economic justice. No, there's either justice or there's injustice. (laughs) You you apply equitably to all of God's image bearers, Mm. apply his word, his precepts, his principles equally to all of his image bearers. That's justice. Right. When you fail to do that, that's injustice. That's injustice. Absolutely. 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 Man, I, I, again, the, the, uh, I, I think you've, you've kind of nailed down where, where this ideological position comes from. Um, and, 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 and I, I, you know, I, I smell cone all over this, uh, it, to the point that you made. And I think it's really spot on, uh, is that the Colin Kaepernick's of the world have, have, have really kind of taken this whole thing on and, and elevated it. I'm, I'm blown away though, Bro, again, this this young man in this article you know, professes at least church followership. He says that he grew up the son of a pastor uh, in a non-denominational black church. Uh, it says he, and I'm, I'm quoting him here, quote, taught me intimate lessons about the temporary nature of hope. Uh, he said, I used uh, the security blanket I found in Christ as a spiritual defense against systems of oppression that I felt incapable of defeating on my own. I, I, I don't, bro, I have no frame of reference for that biblically uh, speaking. Me either, man. Me either. I, I, I don't even know how, I, I don't, I don't even know where to go with, with, with Christ as a spiritual defense against systems of oppression. I mean, I, I'm thinking about the time frame in which, uh, and what this sounds like, man, I, you know, and you kind of hinted to it, Earlier, when when you were talking, this sounds like uh, this sounds like the Jews who, who were looking for uh, a, a Messiah that was going to yeah. conquer yeah. Rome. 
right. you know, that was going to that was going yeah. to overthrow governmental systems. Yeah. Um, and, and that's and that is not that is not yeah. what he did. That's not what he came to to do. He, he would he would even he would even, you know, go on to say, my kingdom is, is, is not of right. this world. Right. And, and that, that that if it were, there would be folks who would who would be fighting for me even even now. But right. But the, the kingdom we know is, is something that begins on the inside of each right. and every one of us who are professed believers in Christ. And, and as a result of our individual change, societies and cultures exactly. see change, you know? Exactly. Yeah, see, even the Jews of Jesus today, they were looking for a different type of salvation. Right. They weren't looking for, they, they, they were looking for a salvation from the, the, uh, the uh, mm. oppressiveness of the Roman uh, state. Yes. So, but no, that's not why Jesus came. Mm-mm. Jesus came to, it's like I said, man, Jesus is after hearts, right? Jesus, there was not one thing about that Roman system of government that Jesus changed. He didn't even advocate, advocate for that. Let alone change it himself. There was nothing about that existing system of government as oppressed as the Jews of that time felt that Jesus advocated changing everywhere. He went, he preached a gospel of repentance. Okay. And that, that was, over the course of his earthly ministry, that remained his mission until mm-hmm. he took his last breath on that cross. And that is the goal of the gospel today. Uh, the, the, listen, the gospel, according to the scriptures, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is not the power of the state or the church unto social justice. That is not what the gospel is. And, and, and the gospel is not going to accomplish what it is not meant to do. Right. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So if, if we have, we have to be able to, as Christians, accept the fact that the gospel is a message of salvation for sinners. Yeah. And, 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 and as, as even we who believe by God's grace, the gospel, Virgil continue to sin. Mm-hmm. Let alone people who don't believe the gospel, they're going to continue to continue to sin even greater than we do. So you cannot, mm-hmm. to your point, you cannot expect society to an unrighteous society to produce righteous right. fruit. Right, right. That's not going to happen. No, absolutely. And 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 to have a wrong view, have a have a to, to have an ecclesiology that's just wrapped in. Um, you know, black liberation theology uh, that, that that that's the lens by which you you believe the church should be engaged in cultural and social issues. Um, man, it, it, it's problematic on 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 a number of of different levels. And, and so that's why the angst and if, if that's what they came if that's if that was the purpose for which they became a part of the church. Yeah, uh, man. Scripture is clear, man. They 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 left they left us because they were never they were never, never they us. were never of us. Never no, of us. So you know, my advice to them is: look, you either accept the gospel for what it is, or you you need to find somewhere else to go, mm. uh, because that's not why Jesus came, and that's not why he sent uh, his disciples out to make disciples. He he sent them out to make disciples, not social justice warriors. Right. That that wasn't his commission. So, uh, but. With, with with respect to uh and, and you know with respect to what the Bible does say, especially in Romans thirteen, uh where Paul establishes mm-hmm. the fact that the concept mm-hmm. of government 
mm-hmm. is a God ordained government. Absolutely. It's a God ordained concept. Absolutely. Okay. And that we should desire and endeavor to place righteous people, meaning mm-hmm. Christians in places of authority to govern us. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not saying that there isn't a place for, or there isn't a cause for Christians to uh, advocate and promote uh, righteous government. Absolutely. We should, but that you only get righteousness from righteous people. Okay. Uh, you don't get righteousness from unrighteous people. And, and on that note, man, I, I want to quote, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to, prep your list, our listeners now. This is somewhat of a lengthy quote, but I have to get this in, man. I, I think uh, John Calvin nailed this, man, in his uh, Institutes mm. of the Christian Religion in the section on civil government. I think he nailed this. Uh, the, the, the point that I was trying to make with respect to Romans 13, uh, Calvin talks about the point I was trying to make just a second ago, but he makes it much, much better with respect mm. to the the attitude that we should look for the motive, the impetus that we should look for in folks that govern us, including the police, the president, you know, all politicians, anyone who has a position of authority or, 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 or that is responsible for the public trust. Uh, I want, I want to, I want you guys to listen to what Calvin says uh, with respect to uh, how those uh, who are in authority are in those positions to dispense God's justice. Uh, And listen to what Calvin says. He says, this is a thought which magistrates, he uses the word magistrates, okay, but you can replace uh, any any uh, authoritative uh, figure for that word. He says, this is a thought which magistrates should keep continually in mind, for it can be a useful stimulus which prompts them to do their duty and which can wonderfully comfort them by giving them patience to bear the hardships and vexations which accompany their office for to what high standards of probity, wisdom, mercy, sobriety, and innocence must they hold themselves when they realize that they have been ordained ministers of divine justice. Mm. Don't miss that. That's divine. They are ministers of divine justice. Mm-hmm. How impudent would they be if they allowed the slightest inquiry, I'm sorry, the slightest iniquity access to their judgment seat, which they know to be the throne of the living God. So you see what uh, Calvin is doing here. He is associating and correlating their earthly responsibility with them carrying out God's divine responsibility for them. Okay. Calvin goes on to say, he says, how bold would they be if they pronounced unjust sentence with their lips, perceiving that they are meant to be the instruments of God's truth. With what conscience would they sign some wicked decree with the hand which they know ought to write God's own verdicts? In short, if they remember that they are deputies of God, they must make every effort and take every care in all they do to represent to men an image of God's providence, protection, goodness, mildness, and justice. Mm. This should indeed touch the hearts of our superiors for it teaches them that they are like God's lieutenants and that it is to him that they will have to account for the work which they have done. This mm-hmm. word of admonition should rightly spur them on for if they, if they do something wrong, 
they injure not only those whom they afflict unfairly, but God as well, whose holy judgments they defile. Again, Mm. they have abundant cause for consolation in reflecting that their calling is not profane or alien to a servant of God, but a most holy task since the very work they do is God's work. Amen. The work they do is God's work. And see, that is the role of the church with respect to Mm -hmm. any grievance uh, any, any of us may have with respect to the police, politicians, the church's role is to remind them that they're in those positions to do God's work. Mm-hmm. So you, again, you can't separate your social agenda from your theological worldview. That's yeah. what, yeah. that's what Calvin has brilliantly done here, man. I love it, bro. I love it, man. As we, as we, as we wrap up, man, I think, I, you know, it, it may, it may serve us well, man, at some point. Um, to, to take a look at the doctrine of lesser magistrates, man. Yeah, uh, exactly. To help people to understand the role of self-governance, the role of family governance, the role of church governance, the role of civil governance. And so a, a lot of what people are desiring to see happen in a social justice space um, it, it blurs the lines between the manner in which God has has set up family structure, self governance, church you know church governance, and civil governance. That's that's everything that that you were that you were speaking to with regard to was was addressing, man. Man, as we wrap up, man, this this time together, man. Any any final words? Any last thoughts, man? Just last thoughts for me, man. I'm just reminded of Jesus's very first sermon. You know, when he came out of the wilderness, having been tempted by the <laughs> devil. Uh, and I just want to remind folks, this is a heart of gospel. Jesus first sermon that he ever preached was what? Repent and believe the gospel, repent and believe the gospel. (laughs) That's how you change society. You change society as people repent and believe the gospel. I love it, man. We'll start off where we will, we'll end off where we started, man. You start with the gospel and with the gospel. I love it. Amen, bro. Well, brothers, always good to connect with you, man. We got another one in the books and, uh, we we'll have to holler at Dwayne, let him know what's up. And, uh, man, looking forward to connecting with you next time, brother. Hey, same here, Verge. Good being with you, brother. Take care, man. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Just Thinking, a podcast brought to you by The Bar Podcast Network. You can find all of Just Thinking episodes at www.thebarpodcast.com. Tune in next week to another edition of Just Thinking. And remember, let's think.